You're listening to the Fix My Feet podcast. Solutions for every step in your journey with the nation's leading foot and ankle specialists. Hey everybody, Dr. David Waters with the Fix My Feet podcast here today with my physician assistant, Ashley Anderson. Hello. How you doing, Ashley? Great. Awesome. Here to talk today about a topic that's very hot and very eye-catching for a lot of people. We're going to break this topic into multiple segments, but we are going to start talking multiple segments on total ankle replacement, something that's very near and dear to my heart and that I have a lot of passion about. But today we're going to talk specifically about recovery after a total ankle replacement. So for those of you turn, tuning in who might have some questions about how that's going to go, and this is going to be from a very patient-centric point of view. Uh, we're not going to be talking about medical jargon. We're going to talk about things that are important for patients to be thinking about when they think about recovering from a total ankle. I think before we get started, just for some context uh, to this discussion, if you're thinking that you might be a candidate for total ankle replacement, typically the primary indications for that surgery, meaning the reasons that you would undergo a surgery like that, would be for arthritis, in-stage arthritis in your ankle. And almost always, I would say greater than 70% of the time, it shows in the literature that is associated with post-traumatic arthritis as opposed to knees and hips, which are primarily primary arthritis, uh, wear and tear arthritis. So usually these are people who have had injury, multiple ankle sprains, fracture of the end part of the shin bone, which we call a pilon fracture. Those are some of the things that we commonly see that where patients would need an ankle replacement uh, performed. So just so everybody has some context. So if you fall into that category and you have a consultation with a surgeon who recommends that, this is kind of the back end of that. What you should expect from the time we close the incision till you get yourself back and going again. So. Anything to add to that, Ashley? No, that makes sense. Yep. So let's talk about that, Ashley. So get in the OR, do the do the procedure, get the ankle replacement in, close the incision. What are some of the things that we do and others do and others may not do during closure that is important for us during recovery? So commonly for our ankle replacements, there is a one long big incision down the front of the ankle. And so to close that specific spot, usually we'll use sutures, but something that we put on that outside as well are something called hemiguards, which are a type of suture that help to take tension off of the incision so that that front incision will heal a little bit better. Also, I should mention I did this in opposite order, but before we end up closing the incision, we usually put a drain in the of the tissue as well. So that way for the first two days, afterwards if there was extra bleeding because bone was cut and an implant was put in that it would come out of that incision through and collect in a bulb and so that would be able to prevent like hematomas and other things in the future and so after that drains put in then we go ahead and we close it with usually sutures and then those heavy guards and that will help and then their dressing is usually standard for us but we do is put you in a posterior splint which is it's a piece of fiberglass that's behind the leg and then up the foot. So your foot's at a 90 degree angle and then lots of padding. Right. And so some of the things Ashley's hit on that they, that patient should think of, the drain is in under the incision, but then it's going to be poking out. So you're going to see the bulb on the top of the dressing. And the function of that drain is just as I said, to collect blood. 
one of the trickiest things with anterior approach, total ankle surgery, which is what we typically do, like Ashley said, right down the front of your ankle is incision healing because it's at the flexion point of the joint. And so because of that, uh, incision healing is tricky. There's some other reasons with the, the way the blood flows and what we call angiosomes in the medical jargon, but where exactly the blood to the skin is at, that makes that incision a little tricky as well. So in order to prevent like blood collection under the incision, more pressure on the incision that could make it that even more difficult. We, we place a drain and that drain collects blood. And usually it's in there. What would you say? Actually 24, maybe max 48 hours. It's not in there very long usually. Right. Unless it's with someone. Sometimes we'll do, if we do a surgery on Friday, sometimes they'll come in Monday yeah. to get their drain yeah. removed if they right. live far away. Yeah. So, so typically 24, 48 hours, maybe over the weekend. And then, then the drain comes out, then we're off to the races. So, uh, people are always, always asked like, what's kind of the process of recovery. So I always break it into stages and stage one is what Ashley. You're completely off your foot in that big yeah. bulky dressing after that we put on at the end of the surgery for two weeks, completely. It never gets changed. You just have to keep it dry and clean. And then after that initial phase, it depends. That dressing will come off and usually the incisions looked at. If it is something that maybe there are a few spots of that incision that look like they're still healing, then we might decide to keep you non-weight bearing and completely off your foot longer and could put you in a cast for a week or two more just to give that incision a few little bit longer to heal. Because that's the most important yeah. thing of why we wouldn't have someone start to walk at that point. Yeah, you know, stage one's all about incision closure, just like Ashley said. And so first couple of weeks, like she said, completely non-weight bearing, which is in contrast for those of people who've had total knees or total hips, you're going to be up and walking. You know, they want you walking right after the surgery on the inpatient floor. Or if you do it outpatient at home with ankles, because of the precarious nature of the incision, generally speaking, and we're talking about general timeframes because every surgeon's a little bit different on their timeframes, but general timeframes, non-weight bearing for 10 days to two weeks to allow for incision closure. And just like Ashley said, we're very conservative. I would say I, I'm definitely on the more conservative end of that. If there's any question about the incision at all, we will put you in a cast to make sure that incision's closed because the complications that could come from dehist or a deep opening of the incision can be disastrous in a case like this. And so we try to avoid those at all costs. So I definitely hedge myself on the conservative side of those things. So you could go into a cast. That's all stage one is incision healing. And so I don't even think about stage two till we get through stage one. Once we get uh, incision healed and, and through stage one, then we move on to the next phase, Ashley. Which would be starting to walk a little bit in weight bearing. So that would be getting you into a walking boot is usually what we'll do, put you in a boot. And that way you'll be able to start washing your leg and everything that you haven't been able to do in a long time. And then starting to put full weight in that walking boot. And that's usually for couple of weeks, you'll be in that walking boot. Usually at that same time, once you start walking, we'll start physical therapy. And so then therapy will work with whoever that patient is to try to get them out of the boot after a few weeks into their normal shoes. Usually once we decide to start weight bearing a patient too, we'll take x-rays just to make sure everything is looking good at that point in time. And so that's either about three or four weeks is around yeah. our timeline in our office. Yeah. So this initial weight bearing is that next phase, just like Ashley said, 
you know, once we get the incision healed, this is joint replacement. So we want the joint to move. I mean, that's, that's the important thing here is that we, we've got to get the joint moving and weight bearing is the best way that we can do that. And starting with physical therapy. So some non-weight, you always start, you know, we get you in the boot for weight bearing and then we'll have you start doing range of motion exercises with physical therapy in a non-weight bearing uh, fashion. So sitting on the table, moving the ankle up and down, moving it in circles, just starting to engage those muscles, starting to engage that joint and get things moving is kind of that next initial weight bearing phase. Again, that's, that's going to be another three, like Ashley said, three or four weeks. So first couple of weeks in non-weight bearing, then depending on your incision, just so those are keeping track of the time frame, you know, another transition period, initial weight bearing, three, two, three, four weeks in the boot, gradually transitioning out of the boot, getting your range of motion back, engaging your muscles, all those kinds of things are that, that next stage. Some things I think, uh, patients should think about is, some patients think, Ashley, that initial weight bearing is going to be pain-free. Is that is that usually the case? or No. Very commonly, <laughs> it is not pain-free. I've gotten multiple questions just about anything. Anytime you're off your foot for an extended amount of time, whether that's two weeks or six weeks or however long, your foot's just not used to having weight on it. And if anything, the bones in your foot have started to get weak as well. So it's just nice to slowly work yourself into weight bearing if it is really painful. So it's, it's definitely not going to feel great for the first couple of days, but yeah. just that easing into it definitely helps. Some things patients could think about, because the other thing you're going to have to do is manage the swelling, you know, once you start weight bearing. So maybe some things patients could think about that would help him help them in management of swelling once they're in this kind of initial weight bearing phase of recovery. Could be wearing a compression sock or something like that. Very commonly, we use a sock that's kind of patented for swelling. It's called a repairal sleeve. So we have like an under the boot sock that we have in our office. Otherwise, like a light compression sock, elevating as needed. Definitely moving around the boot is still locking up the muscles of your calf, which are still in charge of pumping that blood back up to your heart. So you're still going to have swelling and everything with being on it. So Elevating is still important, but it's more so as needed at this point instead of as frequent as it was after surgery. And then definitely that compression sock and ice. So those are all things. And I think some tools that patients can think of when they get into this stage of recovery. Backing up, because I think I just missed this when we were talking about initial recovery. Some things patients can think about, not pain, not medication wise, but pain management strategies during that initial recovery, first two to three weeks after surgery. Would be like I just was mentioning with the icing and the yeah. elevation. Icing is really important depending on the type of dressing that's on your foot with and your after your ankle surgery. Like for us, we put a lot of padding on your foot and ankle. So you aren't able to get it on top of the ankle. So we'll have you put ice behind your knee. And we do that for 20 minutes every hour in the beginning, in the first couple, like I'd say five to seven days. And then elevation for 40 minutes of the hour, just having that foot up. And you want it to be high enough that that blood is going to drain out of the foot and ankle and down the leg into your body as well. So not just parallel. And then right after surgery, if it, if you have your foot down a lot, that you have a lot of blood just pulling down there, building up pressure. So right after surgery, just getting your foot right up in the air, kind of getting that 
elevation and icing started from the get-go will help a lot and yeah, kind of taking it easy. I'd say the first five yeah, days. For sure. This is not, this is not like, Hey, I'm going to go home and go shopping at Walmart tomorrow kind of surgery. You know, I, I don't, I would cringe if I go to Walmart and see somebody in the go-kart like cruising around after a couple of days after <laughs> something like this. But, uh, so elevation and ice critical. Uh, one thing I, I, I think critical that probably doesn't get talked about with patients, but when, when you're elevating after, and this is not particular to total ankle replacement, but, Elevating after foot and ankle surgery, one of the things that we really worry about is you can develop a pressure wound or a bed sore, as some people call it, on the back of your heel from excessive elevation where you've rested that heel. It could even be on a stack of pillows, could be on the end of the couch, the recliner. But if you have consistent pressure against the back of that heel where you have a bony prominence, that's something that we run into uh, too commonly because patients, the way they're elevating. And so we really caution patients to not have any pressure against the back of the heel. Make sure your pillows are up under your calf and that heel gets a chance to float in the air. Would you agree with that, Ashley? Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Stage two, we talked about edema control or swelling control, compression stockings, elevation uh, non-weight-bearing range of motion to engage those muscles, start driving some of the fluid back up out of that leg. And you'll be with working with physical therapy. I, I think a question we get all the time from patients, what do you think after total ankle replacement? Do you think physical therapy is a, a necessary thing? Actually, like formalized physical therapy we're talking about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mainly also, if you think about it, you're leaving surgery with a brand new ankle. It's an ankle that you haven't had for a very, very long time, and it's something that your body is not used to. Your ligaments, your muscles, everything around that ankle joint, you're going to be moving and walking differently on that. And so even just getting the range of motion back, but then also once you start walking and being able to increase your activity, it's super important. Yeah, I can't stress it enough. This is not the kind of surgery. There are surgeries where I say, you know, if you do a few things like this at home, it's probably going to be okay. This is not one of those procedures. This is something that you need to be working with a physical therapist. They usually are trained in our protocols or your surgeon's protocols, and they will help with this gradual ramp up of activity at an appropriate pace, which I think is critical to good long-term outcomes. Uh, with a total ankle replacement. So, okay, so we kind of get through stage two. You start physical therapy, you're in the boot, you're kind of coming out of the boot, and then we move into this next stage, which is, you know, out of the boot. What do you expect, Ashley? What are some of the things that we see in this stage? I'd say that generally you're still going to have swelling, also yeah. some nerve pain and stuff like that, some yeah. numbness and tingling. Those things take a long time to try to resolve we commonly say in our office about six months to a year for some of those to just take enough time to heal and regulate. And so still dealing with some swelling, also just some, sometimes people are getting some tendonitis in some of their tendons because of some therapy. And so working through some of that. Also, when you've had a deformity in your ankle for so long, it can affect your foot or your foot can affect your ankle, vice versa. So if you already had a deformity in the front part of your foot too, which is causing you to walk a little bit differently still. A lot of like people who have had total ankles will need some custom orthotics or something to help with their gait even further. And so once you've kind of that, some of that swelling and acute pain has gone down, it's good to see how are you walking and if it can be further helped. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, you hit it. The pain starts coming down in this phase, but you're still, you know, dealing with a lot of the things that we just talked about. So one, some of the really common things you're going to deal with for a while is swelling around the lower extremity around the ankle, which is normal. It, it will go down, but also nerve. And nobody takes anatomy for fun, at least. But in that anterior incision, the, the neurovascular bundle is there. And we generally identify that and move it out of the way while we're doing this procedure. And so very common to have uh, what we call neuritis or tingly burning type sensation down the front of your ankle or and or numbness if you don't get the tingly burning down the front of the ankle and, and down onto the top of the foot after a procedure like this. So those are kind of, you're now getting into some of the things you're, you're, you're moving better. You're walking out of the boot your pain is coming down. Your swelling is gradually coming down. But these are some of the things when we say complete recovery takes a one-year time frame, these are the things that we're kind of working through on the back end is the swelling, the nerve stuff, the function, just like Ashley talked about, are those things that we're, that you're going to be working on for the last nine months of the first year of recovery uh, in getting things just right. So. I think one year is a good timetable for a patient to think about. If you're saying, what does this look like for complete recovery? Like for you know, me feeling like before, I always say one year is a good time frame for those, for that kind of an expectation for patients, uh, for that kind of recovery. Certainly you are moving way before that two or three weeks you start moving, but for this complete recovery, I think that that's a reasonable time frame for patients to be thinking about. The other thing I think we should mention here is restrictions, things that we would advise patients not to do with the total ankle long-term. So total ankles are not made for people who want to jump out of airplanes, ride bulls. They're not made for people who want to go running. Like, like if you're thinking, I can't do my marathon anymore and I want to do my marathon again, this is not, this is not the procedure for you. So if you want to walk and you can walk as probably as much as you want, you know, if you want to walk for exercise, if you want to uh, chase your grandkids, your kids, you want to continue to work in a walking type environment. If you're going to go jump on and off of rail cars or on and off of tractors out here in Nebraska, uh, th this is not again, the procedure for you. Uh, but you know, if you want to, if you want to walk, Enjoy walking, enjoy exercise, enjoy the activities, bowling, golf, those kinds of exercises and activities. Absolutely great, great procedure. Life, wouldn't you say life-changing procedure, Ashley? Yes, for sure. Yeah, life-changing procedure for you. And if you fall into one of those other categories, ankle fusion is still a great option. It's been done for years and years, and we do them here for the right patients. And so that's a discussion you need to have with your surgeon and and have an open and honest discussion about what, what would be the best procedure for you. So, but I do think uh, as we highlighted here, and one of the reasons I am so passionate about total ankle replacement, I spent a lot of my career honing those skills for when it's right, it's a life-changing procedure. Maybe we'll get lucky enough to have some of our patients on here who've had that life-changing experience. But when patients can walk again, when they can play golf again, when they can work again and not have to worry about constant nagging pain in their lower extremity, there's a significant reduction in anxiety and a significant improvement in quality of life. You think we've seen some of that, Ashley? Yeah, we definitely have. Yeah. 
So those are some of the things, pearls that I think we can give about ankle replacement recovery. Anything I missed, Ashley, that you can think of things we commonly get asked in recovery as we kind of go through the post-operative period? Not necessarily common. I would say there are two things that we do sometimes post-operatively different for this case with the total ankles versus other cases. So usually we'll supplement vitamin D just because it helps with bone healing and incorporation of that implant and all of that stuff. So that's one thing. And then another thing is just sometimes since this is a longer procedure, we'll have you go on an antibiotic yeah. after the case as well. So those are just two yeah. things that are maybe different from other other that's, procedures. Yeah, that's a great point. And there's been some recent literature and, and this is all about getting good evidence-based information out to the community that uh, a short course of oral antibiotics after a total, uh, in, total joint arthroplasty or total joint replacement has shown some significant reduction in post-operative infection. And so infections, something we think about and fight against right from the get-go with these things. And so that that's a great point. Vitamin D, if you don't know how you get vitamin D, you need sun exposure to your skin. So hey, if you're in a place where you can get outside and get as much sun exposure to your skin, do it uh, in the middle of the winter in Nebraska. That's going to be a little difficult. So, so we definitely supplement some some vitamin D for patients. Absolutely. So those are great points. So awesome. So like I said, uh, listen to upcoming episodes. We're going to be breaking down total ankle replacement into its many different, it's way too big of a topic for us to just do in like 20 minutes here. So we'll be breaking it down into a lot of different components. If you have questions about it, drop them in the comments on YouTube or comment on our Facebook page. And I'll try to make sure we address all those patient questions in upcoming episodes. So for myself, Dr. Waters and Ashley Anderson, our PA, look forward to you listening to future episodes. Be sure to check us out on social media at Platte River Foot and Ankle on Instagram, Platte River Foot and Ankle Surgeons on Facebook and TikTok. And also the Facebook page for the, the podcast is Fix My Feet. Thanks for tuning in. We're the Foot Fixers. Look forward to interacting with you in upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fix My Feet podcast. To schedule an appointment with one of our providers, visit www.prfootandankle.com.